Welcome to the weekly podcast of the Voice of Healing Radio with Michael Petro. VOH Radio brings an in-depth understanding of the scriptures prophetically, rich revelation of the early church apostolic fathers, and biblical interpretation of the biggest news and political stories of our day. Take VOH Radio with you on the go. Listen on demand weekly. New programs released every Monday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio.com, TuneIn, and more. To partner with us, please go to voh.church forward slash radio. That's voh.church forward slash radio. Or email us at radio at voh.church. You're listening to The Voice of Healing Radio with Michael Petro. Blessings, this is Michael Petro. You're listening to VOH Radio. It's a good season to be alive. So many things happening in the earth that really point to our Lord and our Savior beginning to do something that is, I believe, a preparation for his second coming. Of course, many out there say, well, you know, Pastor, how do you know that? Why, why do you say that? It's because the early church, you've heard me say it many times on my radio program, that the early church believed that the kingdom age would start around 6,000 years because they believed that the six days of creation were equal to 1,000 years, like Peter said, a day is equal to 1,000 years. David also says the same thing in Psalms 94, that 1,000 years are as one day in your sight. So they believed that at the end of, six days or 6,000 years, the millennial kingdom would start, or we call it the day of the Lord. Well, if a day is equal to 1,000 years, that is the 1,000-year millennial rule and reign of Christ, the day of the Lord. And actually, if you look through Scripture, there's really nothing that says the day of the Lord other than you have to take Peter's teaching on the 1,000 years to come up with the millennial rule and reign of Christ. So... You know, it's not something that's really new to the church. Uh, it's something that's always been there, but it's really been taught mostly by the early church fathers taking the six days of creation and so uh, and, and seeing that that would come out to 6,000 years. So when we take a look at this, that 4,000 years from Adam till Jesus and 2,000 years from Jesus till right now, we're at the end of, Six days, four plus two is 6,000 years or six days. Even the rabbis are counting this, and they're saying that um, their calendar, a lot of their rabbis are saying that their calendar is off by 220 years. Uh, We're actually in 5780 on the Hebrew uh, calendar. So if you add 20 years, that's 58, and then you add the other 200, again, you come up with the number 6,000. I know a lot of people ask me that. They're like, how do you get that? How, why did, what do they count? What's the, why is it the year 5780? It's just because uh, they've been counting from Adam. Also, they believe the same thing. Uh, the Jews believe, um, a lot of the Jews believe, a lot of the rabbis, that, that it's time to look for the Messiah because we're at that 6,000 years. So clearly we can see within the time frames and counting things down that we are in a very um, major season of transitions and changes, and we can see it happening all around the world. Amen. And, and we need to know that because we need to be ready. 
for whatever the Lord is getting ready to do. Amen. I'm going to start at Matthew chapter 19, verse 16. And I want to get into a little bit here on the same topic, you know, the time frames and the seasons that we're in. Now, behold, one came and said to Jesus, good teacher, what good things shall I do that, I'm, that I may have eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but, but one, that is God. But if you want to enter into eternal life, keep the commandments. Isn't it interesting that Jesus would say, and I've heard the, the arguments, well, that was before his uh, crucifixion. Well, why would he say it before his crucifixion? And then after the apostles reiterate this over and over and over about obedience to the commandments. But if you want to enter into eternal life, keep the commandments. So what, you, you go into eternal life, B.C., before the cross, uh, by keeping the commandments, and just what, three years later, you don't need to keep the commandments? It just doesn't make sense. It sounds, you know, ridiculous to say something like that. But in reality, we know that the early church, as soon as we get into the fathers, they held that the commandments were valid. Even uh, the first Bible was created by the Geneva uh, uh, people before the King James. King James created his own Bible to contradict the Geneva uh, men that wrote the first Bible to the first church. Those men were sought and hunted down, and they knew they would be for creating the Bible to be killed because in their Bible they said that basically that the Torah was still valid. Now, they're not talking about killing sheep or sacrificing animals. They're talking about the understanding of the commandments and that those commandments are not about you know, uh, uh, things that we have to follow uh, in the letter, but we have to understand them in the spirit. When you get over into Jesus talks about, you know, um, if you hate your brother, it's the same as committing murder. If you look at the word hate, it just means if you don't like your brother, it's the same as committing murder. So what's harder, the commandment in the letter or the commandment in the spirit? Clearly the commandment in the spirit. Because if you don't like people, if you don't forgive people, it's the same as murder, according to Jesus. Or as in the letter of the law, you had to physically kill somebody with a knife. So you can see that the spiritual, the Lord's holding us to a higher level of accountability. Also, you see it in um, um, what where Jesus also in talking about the commandments. He says uh, that uh, if a man has lust in his heart, it's the same as committing adultery, meaning if you're thinking about it, it's, it's adultery. Whereas in the Old Testament law, just, you had to commit adultery. You had to physically uh, be with a person uh, of the opposite sex in order to, to break the commandment. But in the New Testament, Jesus brings it to a higher uh, level by saying, if you even think about it, it's the same as adultery. So why would the Lord be telling us? Because he's calling us back to a pure life the way it was in the beginning. And I'm going to get into that in a little bit and give you a little bit better understanding on it. Verse 18 of Matthew 19, he says, uh, Jesus says, which, uh, uh, he said to Jesus, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, 
You shall not steal. You shall not bring false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All of these I have kept uh, from my youth. What do I still lack? Now, isn't it interesting that this man kept the Ten Commandments, and he, then he asked Jesus, What am I missing? Because he knew physically that he had kept all these commandments, but he, he knew he was missing something. And Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven and come and follow me. But when the man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Then Jesus said to the disciples, assuredly, I say to you that it is harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. Hallelujah. And again, I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus is saying it's hard for a rich man. He didn't say it's impossible. And the reason he's saying it's harder because like this man, he, he, he obeyed the commandments. But his problem, why Jesus asked him to go and sell all that he had, because Jesus knew that he put his possessions before the kingdom of God. So the way you, you remedy it, you just get rid of it. And so what Jesus is saying, go sell everything you got. Get rid of this lust you have for things, and then you will have eternal life. Why? Because you're not going to be chasing after things. You're going to be chasing after the Lord. And then he said it's, it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle. Now, I've heard many teachings about this, but really one of the uh, gates, hallelujah, was called uh, the needle gate in the temple. And really what Jesus is saying, he's not saying it's impossible. He said, he's not, and he's not talking about a camel passing through a needle because back then, you know, they didn't have uh, steel uh, and, and things that they can make needles with. Needles were made out of wood. So he wasn't talking about a needle per se as in something that you sew with. He's talking about a gate. And, and it, that gate was a very low gate. So it was hard for the camel to get through, but it was not impossible. So when, when Jesus is saying this, he's saying, don't make things harder really than what they are, meaning deal with this stuff, get rid of this stuff in your life, and it'll be easier for you to make it through. Because when they had to bring those camels through those gates, those camels had to bow, bow down and basically come across almost crawling in because that gate was created for people, not for camels. Then he said to him, uh, uh, and the disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said to them, with men is impossible, but with God all things are, um, are possible. So the disciples could see that it was a very hard thing. They're saying, who can be saved? And Jesus is saying, now listen, this is the same yet word for yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Things haven't changed after the cross. Jesus was training and teaching the disciples what they would teach after his death. Amen. Not B.C., A.D., that they would take his teachings out and spread those teachings to the whole world. Amen. So and Peter answered and said to him, see, we have left all and followed you. Therefore, what shall we have? So now Jesus is saying, I've left everything, and the rest of us have left everything. Like you asked that 
man to do, right? Well, we know that Peter did not leave everything. We know that Peter still had a wife. He took his children with him, according to history, up into where Russia is right now, up into that area. We know that his family was with him. So it wasn't like he just walked away from everything. He was talking about cares, He's the cares of the world. He was talking about the things that are not important. But he wasn't saying, I just walked away from everything. Amen. And Jesus said to them, surely I say to you, that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Now, isn't this interesting? Because he's saying in the regeneration, and we're going to get into that word in a second. He said, those of you that have done what I've asked you to do, you're going to sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes. Amen. And everyone who has left house, brother, sister, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. So that's a pretty big, and we know that they did that. We know they sold houses and lands. But many who are first will be last, and last will be first. Before we get back into this teaching, VOH Radio would like to send you my book, Access Behind the Veil, The Coming Glory, an overview of many years of study into the early church fathers and their accounts of end time events. Order your copy now by visiting voh.church forward slash radio. That's voh.church forward slash radio. For this month, we want to give our listeners a code for 10% off on our new 2021 Pentecost merchandise line. To use this code, visit us at voh.church backslash merch and click on the Pentecostal line and use the code FIRE2021. That code again is FIRE2021 to purchase today. We want to thank you for partnering with us at VOH Radio and Reaching the Nations. Now you got to understand something. Uh, The priest and the temple basically ran everything. They were very wealthy people. And here you have the New Testament church that says, okay, we want to make sure that we have eternal life. So we're willing to leave everything that isn't willing to go and follow you, Lord. And so that was their mentality. That was the way they thought. And Jesus said, those that have done that, these are the ones that will have eternal life. These are the ones that will walk in the kingdom. Amen. So it wasn't really about things. And it wasn't really cut in stone that, you know, everything that you have, if you don't sell it, you're going to hell. Because we know that in the New Testament, there were rich women and rich men that supported the ministry of Jesus and the apostles and gave their finances and their things in order to help Jesus and help the disciples take the gospel out. Matter of fact, Paul said, he said, the things that you give me in order for me to go out will be accredited to your accounts, you know, as I take the word of God out, meaning those souls that I win, those people that I bring in, those people that are saved through your support are the ones that will be saved uh, or are the ones that will be saved at the end of the age. And those people's salvation will be accredited 
to your accounts. You know, it's a crazy thing because I see a lot of people fighting about what they give and what they don't give. You know, it, it shouldn't be that way. Or people go, oh, you know, we shouldn't give too much because, you know, the pastor, this or the pastor, that. Let me tell you something. I read here that these people were sold out. And we better watch that we don't get into that area of greed. We better watch that we are part of what God is doing and participating and not being the naysayers. Because Satan knows if you drain up the finances, basically you dry, dry up the ability to bring in the souls. So we have to watch that we don't become critical of what God's doing. All I want the Lord to know is I did my part. I did what he called me to do. Because in this scenario, Jesus said, if you're in this for anything other than souls, hallelujah, if, if, if it's not for souls, you're, you're spending eternity in hell. But if, if you're willing to go out and sell out for everything, to make sure there's nothing in you that can be uh, tested or tried, then you have eternal life. And believe me, uh, it is a litmus test for all of us to say, you know what? I'm not attached to this. The, the Lord is first. Because if you're giving all those things up for him, that, mean, that means he's the priority. He's the love of your life. And there's some things you can't walk back on in the that, that the Bible talks about. And I believe one of the, these things are that. Matter of fact, the, Jesus or Peter said says, there's some things don't even pray for forgiveness for people because they will not be forgiven. So there's no walking back on things that they've done. There's no repentance other than uh, being proper, being right, right up front. So when we look at this scripture, Jesus First off, he's telling us something uh, uh, very powerful. He says that those that come after him, those that are walking after him, hallelujah, that have prioritized him. Now, I mean, if you're rich and your priority with your finances is to move the kingdom, then you're in the right place. But if that's not your priority, if your priority is to get richer, then you're in trouble. You're not in the right place in the kingdom of God. Meaning, it all boils down to one thing. And if you always use this as the litmus test, you're gonna, you're gonna come out with the right answer. The Lord wants us to be like him. So the Lord isn't treasuring up money. He's not, you know, putting things aside for himself. If you read everything about the Lord, if you read everything about Jesus and everything about dad, about God, it's all about giving, and he gave, and they gave. Give, 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 because that is the heart of the Father. And believe it or not, he wants that same heart in you. So Jesus says something else here that's very interesting. So Jesus said, them, said to them, Surely I say to you that in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. So I know that the book of Revelations talks about 24 elders sitting on 24 thrones. So could it be the first 24 were for the apostles to bring the kingdom in and the, sec or the, second, uh, the first 12 that brought in the kingdom and the second 12 is about those that'll manifest the kingdom at the end of the age? Is that what he's talking about? But he's saying there's something different about these people. 
He's saying he's going to sit. Jesus is saying he's going to sit on the throne of his glory. So when I understand that, he's saying it's going to happen in the regeneration. Amen. So we really need to understand what is this regeneration that Jesus is talking about? Is, is What does that mean? Amen. Titus chapter 3, verse 4, it says this. But when the kindness of the love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So he says we are renewed, regenerated and renewed by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to get into the word renew. This word in the Greek is anakinesis. Amen. This word means a complete change for the better. Meaning when, when I have a renewal, that means my life changes. It means I leave my old life. Now that doesn't happen overnight, but it does happen on a continual transition and transformation basis. And the reason it happens is because I become hungrier and hungrier for the Lord. Meaning you should not be condemned if you've made mistakes at the beginning because what's happening is, is your old man is going through a death process. And really, as, as the Lord is bringing renewal in your life with the Holy Spirit, well, the Holy Spirit, his name is, is what he's come to do to make you holy. So what is the Holy Spirit? He's the teacher and the counselor. So he renews your mind. Hallelujah. And in that renewing of the mind, that means he makes your mind new again. So we're not supposed to slip backwards into our old life. We're supposed to be renewed into our new life. And that all comes through revelation and teaching according to the early church fathers. So you got to ask yourself a question. Very simply, is my life being renewed? And if it's not, you need to say, you know what? I want to start going through this renewal. I don't want to live in the past. I know for myself, you know, when I was, when I was uh, younger, I would, you know, come to the Lord and ask for repentance, come to the altar, and then slip back into the old life. And I realized it was happening because my mind wasn't being renewed. And that's not going to happen on 45 minutes on a Sunday. You're going to have to get into a serious church that seriously is teaching the Word of God. And I don't mean a one-hour teaching. I mean a church that's teaching two and three hours. You wouldn't go to a university and expect to pass in a 30-minute service or the, the service is all about money every week. We have to be trained up. The early church was in church daily, anywhere from three to five hours. So they didn't have this thing, well, you can't retain things or you can't understand. They had the mentality of, hey, we need to renew our mind. And so if that is your desire, then you might want to give us a look. You might want to get on our webpage and get into our VOD, the video on demand. Uh, shortly, we're going to be moving and opening a church in Houston. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, we're going to start there with a conference probably around September. Right now, you probably want to start tying in, uh, get on our webpage, send us an email saying, hey, I want to be part of what you're getting ready to do. In the Houston area, there's people already moving there and getting things ready 
for this next season. So it's not the time uh, to lag behind. We have a bunch of material that goes all over the world daily. Hallelujah, to get people ready. Amen. So Jesus, again, talks about the regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. But I want to get into the word regeneration in the last few minutes we have here. The word regeneration is peleogenesis. Paleo is an interesting word. In the Greek, the first part of peleogenesis, it means back or once more to renewal or the repetition of an action. So paleo means you're going back to something. And the second word is 1080, uh, 78. And this word in the Greek is the Hebrew word Genesis. So he's saying back to Genesis. And if you break Genesis down even further in the Greek, it comes from a word 1074, which is the word for genea or the genes, or a generation of people. So interestingly enough, Jesus himself is saying, we are going to go back to Genesis. Now, this is Jesus' teaching. And he says, when I, sit on my, uh, when I sit on my throne and my glory, those that have sold and left everything will come with me. We are in that time of this paleogenesis. That's why I wanted to bring it up today. Amen. This word not only means a spiritual rebirth or the state of an action, a spiritual renovation, specifically the messianic restoration, the new birth, a radical change of the mind for the better, the restoration of life, hallelujah, from being spiritually dead. So if you're wanting a radical change, and I'm not talking a change where you just go in and church is something you do. If church is just something you do on a Sunday and you're not radically on fire for Jesus, you're not in the right place. Jesus says that he's coming back for a people that are on fire. He's not coming back for the lukewarm or the cold. And he said, if you're lukewarm, I'll spew you out of my mouth. So the Lord is wanting a people, a people of fire, a people that are excited to move into this next season. And he wants a people they're awake and ready, hallelujah, for this next season. That's why in 2 Thessalonians, he says, you're not asleep as others. You know what's going to happen. You know, we say this week after week after week, all these things that are happening on the, in the earth right now are a sign that we are in the paleogenesia season where God is renewing our mind through a spiritual rebirth, a spiritual understanding of Scripture, and not just, well, I prayed the sinner prayer, so therefore I'm saved. The early church didn't believe that. The early church believed in teaching and a radical transformation. Don't you want to have a radical faith? Don't you want to have a radical relationship with Christ? If you want something radical, you need to come and see us at VOH and find out what radical is. Radical praise, radical worship, radical intercession. Bless you. I'm Mike Petro with VOH Radio. If you enjoyed today's podcast, partner with us by heading to voh.church forward slash radio. That's voh.church forward slash radio. Your financial gift helps the Voice of Healing Radio bring revelation to God's kingdom and to the nations. Have a testimony or prayer request? 
Call us at 1-877-440-3737. That's 1-877-440-3737. Or send us an email at radio at voh.church. And don't forget to add VOH Radio on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for your current updates. This is the Voice of Healing Radio with Michael Petrone.